Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game Source, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live. Of course, with another great Pop Culture Cosmos, PC Multiverse, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, State of Pro Wrestling, and more. Plus, again, if you are on Facebook, you can catch always the latest news at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and, of course, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the madman and the evil manipulator of everything going on with the Happy Hoarder at happyhoardercollectibles.com. Please go ahead and check out all the great things that he's doing there today and all the great things that you can buy right now at happyhoardercollectibles.com. It is Josh Peterson. And Josh, great to have you here, my friend, on another fantastic Sunday with you talking pop culture. It is good to be back here. I know we took a break last week, but um, you know we got uh, a lot of things to talk about, and ho- hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, more Deadpool news coming out here soon. I know they just wrapped filming on that one, so hopefully that'll be, uh, you know, they'll give us a, a little taste of what we can expect from this uh, long-awaited MCU film. Absolutely, uh, great to see what's going on with that. You know, in about a week's time, the Super Bowl. Big game will be here. So the first Deadpool 3 trailer will drop. As you are on your shirt, Mr. Chimichangas himself, will you be available Sunday after the game for our annual Super Bowl look at the best ads and trailers from the big game? Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, yes, let's, let's, let's make it happen. The, um, yeah, I'm curious, like, what other trailers are going to be showing uh, during the Super Bowl? Because we haven't really seen, there's not a lot of newsworthy things coming out in the movie realm lately. So I know Dead, I know we'll probably see a uh, Deadpool trailer. I know they haven't started filming anything in the DCU, so I don't, I don't really know what else we could be anticipating here. We'll find out, my friend, because usually they give you a kind of tease with, stay tuned to, Sunday, 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 the big game, February 11th. Please go ahead and check out, check out the big tr- release of the trailer or whatever. Big, you know, We're starting to see a little bit on uh, the food products and some of the ads that are out there that are going to be teased. They're being teased now for, for the big game as far as the big reveals for their advertisements. But yeah, for trailers, we have not seen that as of yet. So we'll see. You know what's weird to me too is that video games never capitalize on the Super Bowl. Like if it seems to me like that would be a good place to drop some like release trailers, you know, like uh like a Gears of War. Hey, like Microsoft should be cashing in on using the Super Bowl to to hype their games up, but they never do. Well, it's the lack of confidence, even though you know you think about it, these game releases, Power World. For instance, Power World that has garnered over 10 million in sales, 
you figure how much you're dropping, you know, especially on the PC end because it's uh, free on Xbox Games Pass unless you buy the version of there. It's what thirty, forty dollars on on as far as uh, PC is concerned. Is that correct, Josh? Yeah, it's thirty bucks on Steam right now. Okay, and so this is only that's... the game preview mode, so people are still buying it, even though it's it's an incomplete product. I mean, I so, so far I'm enjoying it, but yeah, it's crazy. But that's the case. Okay, you do the math. Uh, you know, if 10, 10 million people buy it on PC, that's three hundred million dollars. You don't think when you're talking about a seventy dollar retail game, if it's one of the high profile ones that are expected to to $300 million in its opening weekend, similar to what a blockbuster movie would do. You don't think it's worth the two to three to four, whatever, how many million it takes for a 30 second to one minute spot to announce a game or showcase a game. I think it is. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, e even like, you know, you show the trailer during E3 or the game awards or whatever, you're not garnering nearly as many viewers as you could get from the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of stuff that comes out during these like huge gaming events and they don't get they don't get seen by people who could possibly want to play them. Like you're missing out on a a possible consumer base whereas you know you watch the Super Bowl and there's commercials for like soup and chili and stuff. And I I I feel like that it, that would be an amazing place for video games. Excellent. Excellent thoughts indeed. If you have thoughts on it as well, if that would be a great idea, please let us know in the comments or Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com but got a great show lining up for you here we're going to be talking about apple and why are we going to be talking about apple you'll find out we're going to be talking a lot about apple here coming up in a bit facing the franchise it's our first episode facing the franchise and this week it's going to start off with harry potter so we'll go ahead and touch on that here at the back end of the show Plus, we've got some video game news and notes. Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. That came out uh, late last week, and it's already seen its share of pushback. So we'll talk about that. Persona 3 and more coming up right here on the show. And a little bit of talk on the Grammys if we have time as well. But first, my friend, Argyle came out to theaters this past weekend. And unfortunately... Uh, Matthew Vaughn directed Matthew Vaughn. If you're familiar with the Kingsman movies, X-Men uh, from the early days. And unfortunately it has been a bomb with a only $18 million debut for a movie that cost reported $200 million to make. And while this will just probably go down in history for many as a, another one of the busts that have happened in recent times, I want to touch on something a little bit deeper, and that is Apple, because this is the third major release in a row, Josh, from Apple to underperform at the box office. They're dipping their toes in the water. They dipped in with Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. They also uh, touched on with Napoleon, and now with Argyle. Those are three straight movies that they've done they've invested close to a billion dollars on those three movies close to it not quite but close to it and either whether they're dealing with universal to help uh you know push out the movie or whatnot in this case it's still a major investment my friend three major failures three major box office losers 
that's even with a film that could garner best picture in killers of the flower moon that's still not a good sign for apple right you know it's it's weird because i've heard good things about both killers of the flower moon and napoleon i haven't heard anything about argali because it just came out but it so it it could be that people are enjoying those movies but they're just it's just not getting enough people into the theaters to watch them because again these apple plus movies they're going to hit the streaming service in about three months so why why would you wait especially with like napoleon they're like oh hey go see it in theaters but we're also going to be releasing the ridley scott director's cut on apple plus exclusively so it, it doesn't really motivate people to go and contribute to those box office numbers because they're you know they're waiting for the the longer extended cut to come out but um you know also there's a weird time to be releasing movies right because nobody's the the box office is kind of the wild west right now because everyone's trying to figure out like what to make that will make people go to the movie theaters but as we've discussed before these streaming services kind of negate the need to go to the movie theaters because before you're like people are like oh i can't wait for that to come out on vhs or dvd because it had went through like a six to eight month cycle but then you have um but now people are like oh you know i'll just i'll wait i'll wait there's no need for me to to pay money to go see it i'll just wait but you say that and five nights at freddy's and i think peacock with halloween kills they've they've found success with the streaming theatrical release hybrid talk about that yeah but they also have str really strong cult followings like those that um you know five nights at freddy's especially like you have now, the exorcist movie who... bombed that that was something that they did that that bombed so yeah right right but it's weird because you do you like five nights at freddy's is a rare exception because it did have a huge following it had a huge following of people who played the video games people who hit the forum boards on the internet to make to like petition to make the get this movie made and lo and behold it was and these people are, are standing behind it saying like hey i want more this is like when marvel first came out right you had all the ner all the, the nerds and iron man fans and comic book readers and everyone went out to support this film it's the same thing happened with five nights at freddy's i think it's kind of a different case in that scenario well the reason why I'm, i i want to discuss this is because you know i i and nobody's gonna cry spilt milk for apple uh, i get that they're a trillion dollar company or have been rated at one time so no one's going to really cry spilt milk over them but the for me i think it's it's kind of sad because the fact that apple could have been this or is this new force in entertainment apple is this new force in putting money into what they're trying to do as quality entertainment and film and they you know obviously the bean counters at apple will only see this so far as far as okay we've had killers of the flower moon that underperformed napoleon that underperformed now argyle that has way underperformed and if that's the case my friend they're going to at some point in time no longer find that to be something they want to do they have apple tv plus sure but uh, you know and they'll still obviously make content for them in fact they just started shooting season two of severance but the thing is my friend the blockbuster movies that they've been producing that will probably go away and that will mean the high-end directors that you've seen with ridley scott with uh martin scorsese with 
and Matthew Vaughn, you know, it would, it's just frustrating, my friend, because those guys who've said so much about the movie industry, they're given the opportunity to make films and yet the audience doesn't come to see them. Do you think the audience is just for for movies is just different these days too? You think they're they're very I mean and and yes, the streaming services have uh, contributed to this, but you think people are just picky about what they're watching these days and what oh, how much they time are. they're spending on entertainment? I agree with I I think they are. I think they're a lot pickier, a lot choosier about uh, exactly what they want to see and how much they want to spend for it. I agree with you on that. Plus you know, with Netflix, Netflix has become comfort food for 260 million people out there with that subscription. And because of that, they've basically set the tone for entertainment and how it's being distributed moving forward. You called it years ago as far as a tonal shift at how people watch and view entertainment. You called it before virtually anyone else out there. So uh, I give you credit for that. But yeah, it's just for me, it's going to be a shame because I'll have to hear the Scorsese's and the Matthew Vaughn's and really Scott's complain about not having platforms to make films to distribute in movie theaters. Then they're given the opportunity to make films to distribute in movie theaters and not enough people go to support them. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's I don't know it's kind of a put your money where your mouth is situation, and they they just didn't uh <laughs> couldn't pay the bill, I guess. But uh, also, it, it it doesn't help that they're not making things based off of um well known properties, I guess, like or popular are, properties. Or they're popular doing it. Properties, they're yeah. they're making two hundred million dollar artistic films. And well, in Argyle's case, it was still set in a style that resembles the Kingsman. But with the Kingsman, you saw declining returns from the sequel and, and uh, you know, Matthew Vaughn has not made successful movies at a high dollar amount since the Kingsman to that level. So if that's the case, that I could see why Argyle was, was not deemed or very successful or not seen as very successful got a c plus cinema score so fans aren't exactly overjoyed by going to see it but yeah just very disappointing the thing is it's a shame if that's the case because apple probably won't stay in much longer i'm not going to say if they are or not but i just it just seems like okay we can only have so many big budget money losers before we just finally say enough is enough we're just going to focus on apple tv plus or we could see it go in a different direction. We could see Apple be like, oh, maybe we don't have the, the know-how to do this. And they end up scooping up one of the other big studios. Good point. It's, all, it's a very, yeah, it's a very high possibility. You know, rumors been, you know, was rampant, were rampant in 2023 in regards to Apple and, you know, buying out Disney. Uh, there's Sony that's out there. You know, you're right. They could go ahead and and reach into the catalogs for one of those entities and and start scooping that up. Who knows? Because it's a you know again we've been rated at a trillion dollar company as far as value is concerned. So they do have the money, but you know them. They don't like to throw away money. You know they've how many peripherals in Apple's history have they just discarded to the side? It's almost as bad as Sony is concerned. And we'll talk about another peripheral here in a sec, but. Yeah, just to close out the Apple conversation on the movie end, uh, I, I'm hoping that they will not lose faith, but uh, I just think that at some point in time, they will go ahead and maybe just 
deal with smaller scale operations moving forward yeah you have to remember too like not every stream not i mean not that i'm like pro big conglomerate streaming services but um you have to remember too like a lot of the other streaming services that no one produces 100 percent great quality all the time you know there there are going to be there's a lot of things on netflix that are absolutely horrible but for every horrible thing there is on netflix there's no you know there's three or four things that are are decent and you know garner enough views to justify the the stuff that they lose money on so i mean it, it's just it could be growing pains it also could be apple just trying to get into a space they don't belong to i guess you know maybe the next six to 12 months we'll know for sure how that's going to be shaping up what are your thoughts out there on the movies produced by apple in recent months in regards to killers of the flower moon also as well napoleon and argyle which was produced in coordination with Apple and Universal that came out to $18 million domestically. And it looks like it's not going to be a moneymaker for Apple, unfortunately, because of the $200 million price tag. What are your thoughts on all these three costly mistakes per se, but costly films even more? What are your thoughts? Is Apple going to stay in the major motion picture market? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friends, speaking of Apple, Maybe you can watch Argyle here in a little bit, along with Napoleon, along with Killers of the Flower Moon, on your new Apple Vision Pro, the virtual reality headset that is coming this week to a lot of people out there really excited for it. I know the Apple Vision Pros have already been reviewed by a lot of people out there, uh, again, at a, what, a whopping three thousand dollar price tag is it i think what's what's the actual price of it i'm gonna look it up right now i think it's i see 3502 in the apple stores for the one terabyte version the 256 gigabyte version is less of course but your thoughts my friend from 34.99 by apple vision pro at 34.99 so let's start with that one right there that's the high-end unit your thoughts my friend on apple vision and apple vision pro uh, okay, so this, this this was funny to me when I heard about this. What what is it that they can pop for for that price tag? Thirty five hundred dollars. Thirty five hundred dollars. What is it that they can possibly offer consumers that Sony and Meta and um, uh, was it o- Oculus, Oculus or whoever? Yeah, has already attempted to do and not quite succeeded at what is it that they're going to be be able to offer because i also heard that um disney has some sort of like virtual reality like floor right that you're able to walk on it like rolls Mm -hmm. and rotates according to whatever direction you're going so but i mean and that's that's all hearsay right now because they haven't put a consumer tag on or anything like that but uh what is it for thirty five hundred dollars what exactly can these things do that's the base unit for thirty five hundred dollars, so right now, so it's uh, it's something, all right, my friend. That's the two. That's the two hundred and fifty six gigabyte version. If you're buying extended warranty because you don't worry about breaking it, you got to pay five hundred dollars for that 
$500 for the extended warranty if you break that. My God. And people are buying it. People are checking it out. You know, because it says it has that little Apple thing in there. It, mind you, they're not going to see the films produced by Apple, but they are probably going to still buy this. I don't think this will be as big a failure as some are as predicting. I think that just the support that Apple has in the device industry, as far as the phones are concerned, the iPhone and the, and the sheer amount of success it has that, I think it gives an early chance to it. But you're right. What does it give more than what we're seeing with Oculus, with uh, PlayStation VR 2, which has been a miserable failure. And what does it have with all these other VR headsets that, that, that they don't have? I don't get it. I, I just don't get it either, my friend. Right, right. So it's, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, What are you going to be able to put, be put into a world with, you can talk to other people. We got a Ready Player One scenario going on here because that is a, huge price tag and i can't even imagine what's going to justify that also you know you you are right i think out the gate there are going to be app, apple collectors who uh, you know apple freaks there are apple money. freaks out there yeah, on literally anything but the, the difference between this and the phones is that the phones sell consistently because people are always in need of phones i don't think that these goggles or whatever the, the headset is going to sell consistently because people People don't just wake up one day and be like, "Oh, hey, I need a new VR headset." You know, it's not it's that that doesn't happen like that. So what, it, what? How are they going to keep? How are they going to justify <laughs> making this thing? It's crazy, my friend, and I just don't get it personally. But you know what? If it, it is what it is, and uh, you know, it just I've seen the interface of it. I have seen some footage of it, and it's not. It doesn't wow me because it's just like you're, you're operating an iPhone. It has the same interface and, uh, you know, the, with the apps right there in front of you. It doesn't do more than any other VR headset from what I can see out there. Maybe it looks a little sharper, a little crisper. Uh, you know, the sound is a little uh, more distinct. But other than that, my friend, it just doesn't do much more it doesn't revolutionize the business for a business that, as I've told you over the years, my friend, is still in uh, in the way as far as scrambling. People, uh, investors and and companies have more faith in VR than the actual support of the public itself. Yeah, that's this is that's absolutely insane to me, and you know, I I, I can't help but think that there might be a bigger plan in motion here for Apple. Like, are they trying to do like Facebook is doing the metaverse or whatever? Uh, Sony's obviously working on whatever they're doing. Is there, is Apple trying to be the first one to tap into that fully immersive space, you know, with, with like the walking board, the goggles and, and the, uh, you know, whatever other peripherals are going to do. Are they going to be the first people to create a fully virtual 3d world? Or is this the, just the beginning of something or are they just dabbling in something much like with, apple tv plus that they don't really belong in but they're just trying to do it because they can i, I disagree with you on apple tv plus mind you they haven't put their full two feet in on apple tv plus because if they did as we've talked about before on this show they could just put it on everybody's phone make it free and instantly they would have hundreds of millions of subscribers you know people watching it but I don't want to say they they because they have a lot of great shows on Apple TV Plus as far as that's concerned. They've done okay there, 
they just don't have the the population base and like you said they haven't looks like they have not committed fully to that platform as of yet no yeah no and i'm not saying they don't make good things i'm just saying it's a space you didn't you wouldn't think to look for them in you okay. know you wouldn't think to look for apple in the tv world you wouldn't think to look for apple in the in the uh you know in the the gaming space either but like you know lo and behold they're just kind of you've got apple their RK. hands in, in yeah, they're putting their hands in anything and everything. So is this just another one of those things? And uh, you know, if so, where what's the what's the end game here? Because I, I don't imagine they're just going to put out these goggles and say, "Oh, that's it." You know, I hear you. I mean, they've got to go ahead and support it, or will they bail? Out? I hope they don't bail out it because if they bail out on it, that is a major, major PR snafu with people sitting on thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars units. Uh, that was just going to say, Hey, what happened? What's going on here? You know what I mean? So I think that uh, they are going to support it, what they're going to support it is and, and, uh, and how they're good. It's going to connect or how it's going to revolutionize the VR industry. I have yet to see, but, uh, you know, we'll find out, but yeah, there are people, there's, you know, people that are, have it already that are reviewing it, that are, you know, saying decent things about it. But again, it's nothing that I've seen so far, Josh, that has revolutionized the VR industry. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I didn't even know that these things were were a thing until yesterday. So I, I can't. Uh, but yeah, I'm. I gotta do some more research on it. But I, I just I don't imagine these for that price tag being worth the money. It for just the seems. Consumer. Yeah, and it just seems like it's it's. How should I say this? It just seems like you're navigating, or if you were like inside the world of your iPhone. For me right now so uh, i mm -hmm. could be wrong on that but from what i've seen the footage and and the way it moves just feels like you are just inside what it would be like if you were inside the uh framework of your iphone so and i'm not sure that to me as someone as an android user is very uh, appealing but to the apple heads out there they're experiencing it this week yeah i mean it's not and even if i were like oh that'd be awesome it's not i'm not thinking to myself oh that'd be thirty five hundred dollars awesome yeah uh, i don't blame you a bit but what are your thoughts out there on the apple vision pro uh are you are you interested in, in spending the thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars okay i'll say this again thirty five hundred dollars for the base model to four thousand dollars for the high-end model not to mention the $500 in Apple care, if you want to go ahead and protect it. Cause you know, you got kids uh, that are dropping it all over the place. You might want to, you know, pony up for the extra warranty there. What are your thoughts on that? Please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com and make sure you go ahead and let us know your thoughts on it. Plus also as well, of course, the movies uh, that came out, uh, so far this year, including Argyle, and also as well, of course, Apple's place in the industry. Do you see them sticking with it, or do you see them bailing out sometime soon? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, 
exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Josh Peterson along with me, Gerald Glassford. Uh, before we get into the rest of the show, including a new segment that you are introducing today, and that's called Facing the Franchise. Just want to give a little quick plug to what's going on at the Happy Hoarder. We're getting to the point where we're back in business. So we're going to be doing a uh, a convention out here in February called Anime Sunica. And it's a anime convention with an Asian food festival. And it's got some uh, sneakers there, too. I guess it's kind of a sneaker festival, too. So oh. definitely come out if you're, you know, you're in the Texas area. If not, check out our website at www.happyhoardercollectibles.com. There you go. Definitely check that out. Please go ahead and support Josh. I want to make sure I got product for the convention and then I can, once I'm done with that, I, I'll be back on, on the old whatnots and you can follow us there just at the happy hoarder store and uh, definitely tune in. We got some good deals, a lot of $1 Funko pops. So that's a good place to, to cruise for something new. Yeah. There you go. $1 Funko pops. Indeed. Please go ahead and check out the happy hoarder store at one night but my friend it is more than just what not here on the show as we finish up the last half hour before we get into some video game fun i want to mention the grammys uh is being talked about and again if you want to check out the results of the grammys i'll post that on pop culture cosmos on facebook uh later today we know a lot of it will be dominated by taylor swift beyonce uh great artists indeed but is there any other Grammy nominated artists or, or, or artists that you want to see bring home a Grammy for their hard work, my friend? Because I know you love alternatives as far as it's concerned. Usually that that seemed to pique your interest in the music world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really listen to a lot of mainstream stuff. Um, I said. I'm trying I'll, to get... You are Mr. Alternative Alternative yeah i know i'm trying to like go through this list right now hold on you tell me tell me about yours while i kind of scope this list out real well, quick you know me i'm i'm still mr old school you know I, I love a lot of uh i i personally i just i love a lot of uh instrumental music a lot of electronic music uh i i'm you know especially from the late 90s early 2000s that's still to me some of the most satisfying uh, music I can still find. Uh, I, I love up-tempo music. I, I don't know why, but I just seem to be enjoying some of that. But when you look at the Grammy nominations, my friend, it is a lot of based on pop uh, pop music and success in the pop realm. But I, I, do, I do commend Grammys for going after uh, certain categories for smaller artists or independent artists that, that they feel that they can go ahead and, and still connect with. But yeah, uh, I mean, what I'm seeing right now, as far as the record of the year, Worship by John Baptiste, Not Strong Enough by Boy Genius, Flowers, Miley Cyrus, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. Now that from Barbie, I thought that was a really good uh, job by Billie Eilish. I think that would probably be my favorite right there. Vampire with Olivia Rodrigo, that's a, uh, that's a solid song too. And Antihero from Taylor Swift and On My Mama from Victoria Monet. So a uh, lot of female representation, which is good to see. So I, I don't know. I, and Kill Bill. Let's not forget Kill Bill by SCA. 
I don't know. I, I it's gonna be tough. I mean, you gotta Taylor Swift is the favorite and everything, uh, but Vampire or what was I made for seem to me the ones that I've connected to the most when I've heard them. Uh, album of the year, world music radio from John Patsy's the rock record for boy genius. It seems like you're seeing the same individuals and same groups in the same categories. Endless summer vacation from Miley Cyrus. Do you know that there's a tunnel under ocean Boulevard from Lana Del Rey, the age of pleasure from Janelle Monet and guts from Olivia Rodrigo midnights from Taylor Swift and SOS from SCA. Again, if you do not bet here in Vegas on Taylor Swift as the favorite, you're just kidding yourself, my friend. Oh, absolutely no. I wouldn't be surprised if she breaks records tonight with how many, uh, no pun intended, with how many uh, awards she takes home. I am looking at this, though, and it's cool to see um, both the Foo Fighters and Paramore on there getting nominated for some things. So I don't know. Hopefully something good comes with that. But yeah, most of the musicians here, I don't really like listen to that much you know i know i i know metallica like i I have listened to metallica before and paramore and and uh who else was there that slipknot was nominated for something but i mean these are all bands i haven't listened to in a long time man so i'm like i'm not sure uh i don't really have a a a horse in this race so to speak yeah and again it's still something i think that you know if you do not bet on taylor swift you're just kidding yourself uh again I thought I enjoyed Vampire and I enjoyed, uh, of course, uh, what was I made for? I thought they were nice ballads uh, that were made out this year, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, and Dance the Night from Dua Lipa from the Barbie soundtrack uh, that I think that I think was. Uh, I think it got a raw deal, not getting an Oscar nomination. So I thought that was probably the best of the Barbie songs personally. Uh, but what was I made for was really solid as well. So yeah, if you're going ahead, maybe either Barbie songs or Taylor Swift, I think is going to dominate uh, tonight at the Grammys. Uh, but again, if you want to see the list, go ahead and check out the Facebook for Pop Culture Cosmos, and you'll get get that updated. But before yeah. we had a, I will uh, say, I so I was still one more thing. I did sure. plug Zach Bryan during my Best of Pop Culture, and he is up for Best Country Album. So, yeah. uh, you know, there you go. Absolutely. Well, rooting for you on that one, my friend. Let's, uh, you know, if that's the case, uh, because you can call it, you can pat yourself on the back. And so hopefully uh, that will come through for tonight for as far as the country portion of it, because Taylor Swift's not involved there, but uh, she's involved seemingly everywhere else tonight at the Grammys. So um, I know she will not have uh, most likely Travis Kelsey because he's busy preparing for a big game next week. But uh you know, with all the Grammys, she's going to be probably winning tonight. It'd be nice to have someone else help her, you know, hold all those Grammys because, you know, you just can only put so many in the arms. Right, Josh? You know, just like it's like kind of awkward when you go ahead and walk through it. Standing all those a wagon to take them all off the stage. Yeah. 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 First world problems there. But once again, it is the Grammys that's coming up tonight. Uh, go ahead and check it out. And then please, the list of winners will be displayed on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But before we head on out and before we face the franchise, my friend, I just want to touch on some video game news as far as is concerned. Persona 3 Reload has come out. It's come out also on Games Pass. And I think that the kind of reviews is getting very strong reviews. Although, again, if you ask me to go ahead and, you know, in sequence, figure out the, the, the timeline of Persona, I would tell you I have no... that. Between that and the 
overarching plot of, of course, Fast and Furious, I just couldn't tell you. I just absolutely couldn't tell you. And I've watched all the Fast and Furious, but uh, you know that between that and the Final Fantasies, Josh, I, they never go in the same sequence. So this is absolutely ridiculous. But Persona Three Reload has come out to rave reviews, a nine on IGN. It is now available on Games Pass, a big hit again for Xbox to get this essentially for whatever your membership price is on Games Pass. Yeah, you know what's funny with the Persona games is I've I've always like I always start them, but I never finish them because I, I know that they can be, you know, 60 plus hours long, longer if you, you know, if you take the time to do all like the side quests and all that stuff. So um yeah, it's not. I don't really like. I don't have a, a fondness for the Persona games as much as I do for for Final Fantasy games. But yeah, but they, every you know, time they, they put out a new, they followed the same sequence. I'm sorry to interrupt. My apologies. They follow the same no, thing. Let's jump all over the place. We're now back to Persona. 3. Oh, absolutely. There was a Persona Five, yeah. and it's like, yeah, Final Fantasy remix and remake this one, and then we'll do three point five or whatever it is. And yeah, 14, yeah. 16, Final Fantasy, 17, 23, 5, 7, remake. Yeah, it's just it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. I can't get keep it straight. So yeah, it's you see my problem with that, but Persona 3, it does I, look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they're all in games past me, so you can you can check them out at, at you know for free, but or you know, the like you said, your membership price, but um, yeah, I mean, the, at, at some point, I would like to sit down and be like, oh, hey, I have time to play Persona, but I just have, don't, you know, so <laughs> one one day. But it, they are, people do consistently seem to enjoy these games, and uh, it doesn't, I, I forget who, what studio makes them, but um, you know, oh, they Atlas. seem to be doing some uh, Atlas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and Atlas does make uh, a lot of great RPGs, so I mean, they're, they're definitely a staple of the Japanese RPG community. Well, definitely we'll see what's going to go on as far as the success of that. I'm wishing for the same kind of success on Games Pass that Pal World has received. So we'll find out what's going on there. Hell Divers 2, uh, don't let that go under the radar. That is coming out uh, for systems this week as well. But the game I think I want to talk about is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which came out for regular audiences available in pre-access if you bought the collector's edition or the more expensive edition, et cetera, et cetera. That came out last week and late last week it was released to all audiences. It has come out to disappointing to scathing reviews, my friend. And this comes from the team at Rocksteady who revolutionized the beat em up with the Batman Arkham series, which you, first talked to me about one upon one of our first video game conversations with game source your thoughts my friend on this how disappointing does that is that when it concerns suicide squad kill the justice league another live service game with those type of ambitions and i'm not sure right now if it's going to pan out yeah, Suicide Squad was a weird property, I think, for them to adapt. Everyone's really excited because the rumors floating around were that they were doing a Superman game. So I was like, oh, yeah, that could be really cool. Uh, the Batman games were amazing because they focused on one person in one kind of one universe with Suicide Squad. There's just a lot going on. And from what I understand, too, the uh, the combat and the combat capabilities of a lot of the 
the people you're playing as just don't um they don't work and with how many times this game has been delayed we should have seen the writing on the wall that it was not going to be uh not going to be great you know and it's 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 possible that you know like we talk about all the time with games like uh, three months from now you know it could be a great game but it's it's just not um I don't know. It's just people had a lot of high hopes for it. And it just doesn't, I don't know if it's going to be, they're going to look back and be like, oh, suicide. Because have you noticed that they keep putting all this like time and energy into Suicide Squad, really, literally anything? And none of it really pans out with, with a wide spectrum of people. No, it doesn't. The only, the well received version that came out during the, the height of the coronavirus from James Gunn. That didn't do anything really at the box office, but it was such a huge hit for Warner Brothers because they essentially made it day and date streaming. Like you said, the hybrid that hasn't really worked out, but it, people watched it at home. It was critically successful. And that's what basically got him the job, James Gunn at DC, was that movie, Suicide Squad. But you're right, commercially, it was not success. The previous Suicide Squad with David Ayers. I don't want to say it wasn't a success. It did I did eventually, I think, make money a small bit. Uh, I've seen reports where it has made a small bit of money, but obviously was not well received overall. It's been a, you know called a critical failure at point at various points. But yeah, I mean, we've called it a critical favor failure. We we lambasted it on this show. So I will say that the Suicide Squad. I don't know. It's it's a very tough series to figure out and to see if if people will support it. And obviously, we'll see the numbers at the end of the month to see if people bought into it. There was a lot of hype going into this game because of the track record Rocksteady has had, and it's just a shame to see that this is not their first foray into multiplayer gaming, but this is their first foray in a long time in multiplayer gaming, and it looks like they may not come back after a failure like this. You know, I, I also think that these like multi these multi character superhero games they just don't work. Like look at um like even Injustice started to like fall off the the, the fall off the ledge after a while. Avengers, um, what was it? Gotham Knights, even like people don't people want games with a singular focus, a singular character with a singular focus because it's easier for them to latch on to to that type of uh you know story and gameplay but it, i i feel like especially with the suicide squads just it's too busy you know from what i've seen of the game it's just it's too there's too much going on at any given moment and that's a shame that a lot of people are because i know this is not exactly the cheapest game in the world again we talked about how the these games when they're done well and when they're received well can make two or three hundred million dollars in a virtual weekend or in less than a week but they do cost two or three hundred million dollars to make i'm assuming gta 6 will even exceed that but when it comes right down to it this game just the powerhouse behind it i'm sure it was not made for cheap and now warner brothers who's the ultimate signing off on this entity i think that uh, they will go ahead and reevaluate uh, how they perceive and how they create games going forward. There was rumors about a year or two ago that they might sell off their games division. This might re up that thinking that they might do that at some point in time. Well, they also just need to stick to properties and game types that 
people actually actually want you know like i i would never sat in a chair one day and be like oh man i wish there was a justice league video game like no absolutely not you know like i and can you even imagine like a horror style game based on constantine or the open world superman game would have been awesome because it would have just allowed you to fly around much like in spider-man which just lets you go to places and play at your own pace like even another batman game would have been great i just i i can't imagine what the thinking was behind oh suicide squad because like you know like you said it, it was a, a critical success because it was day and date streaming on hbo max but imagine if it if it had not been on hbo max imagine if it had just been in theaters would they have looked at suicide squad differently well, it's right now they're chasing these studios. Like you hear the reports from PlayStation that they wanted, you know, all their games or a majority of their games to go live service. They're chasing it. Just like we saw a couple of years ago when all these games were, you know, these game studios were chasing battle Royale games. Everybody had to have a battle Royale game. Now it's like, everybody has to have a live service game. They want that continual money flowing in. When it's done well and when it's supported well by the audience, it can be a huge moneymaker, those live service games. But for every one live service game that hits, there's seemingly now another three, four, or five that don't. At what point are they just going to stop? We'll see, my friend. Again, as these as the rise and price and cost of making games continues to go ahead and and climb the less we may see of quality gaming going forward but we'll see uh, but what are your thoughts out there on suicide squad kill the justice league which has the suicide squad going after the members of the justice league unfortunately has fallen upon some poor to scathing reviews to disappointing reviews and here we want to know your thoughts have you played the game have you bought the game please let us know your thoughts on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, we are here after 388 episodes. We're here to introduce something a little bit fresh, something a little bit new. We're facing the franchise. So you thought of this. You're the creator. You're the mastermind of this, my friend. Please explain to the audience your thoughts and ideals on facing the franchise. So basically, I think since we're, you know, we've, we've talked about all these different movies over the years, we've, we've gone into details and, and depth or, or in insightful reviews on all this stuff, but we never like take step back and look at it as a whole. You know, we've talked about like Alien, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, you know, Harry Potter at Marvel, Marvel. Uh, 
current points, Marvel, DC, things like that. Um, but we've never like stepped back and looked at the the bigger picture. You know, we look at this the single films and we kind of break them down. But now I think we I've been wanting this to talk to you about the franchises themselves. Like what what was special about them? What doesn't work today? What's uh, you know, looking back at it, is it something that we it was was it a moment in time for us and we wouldn't go we just don't have the love for that stuff that we used to um or even in the case of like star wars like what uh <laughs> where is this going you know exactly. so um you know i think uh the the plan here is to kind of scope out a lot of the old franchises whether it's video games or movies um you know we're going to take a look at a lot of this stuff and uh kind of kind of go back in time i guess so to speak and see what what happened and uh where where it could be going in the future absolutely my friend so you started off with the topic my friend what is that topic for facing the franchise so i i would like to take the next three episodes to kind of look at the harry potter films as you know jk rowling's obviously in the news all the time for for one thing or another um we had the cursed child is still a huge hit on broadway you know, there's 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 still a lot going on, and obviously HBO or Max now. You know, they just announced that the Harry Potter TV show is coming out, and there's a lot of uh, rumor and speculation going on that the original actors are going to be returning for a Cursed Child trilogy uh, made by Warner Brothers. And you know, we've already been talking about Warner Brothers today, so I feel like it, it's it's appropriate to discuss this. So before we actually jump into the Harry Potter films themselves, I, I figure why not uh, look at the semi-successful semi-failure films in the uh, the fantastic beasts because this all takes place in the same world and um so 2016 fantastic beasts and where to find them comes out and that follows newt scamander and he's a magic zoologist so he basically takes care of magical creatures and most muggles can't see them but um you know, he's going on this this grand adventure and along the way you know we get uh, a, a glimpse of the whole dumbledore versus grindelwald, dumbledore okay. versus grindelwald you know and their whole relationship and all that stuff so i kind of want to lo look at this right we have three films we have fantastic beasts and where to find them fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald the fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore was the last one that was released in april of 2022 shortly after the pandemic let me ask you a question when harry potter ended obviously like it was around the same time a lot of the other franchises out there ended based on the young adult novels right you had um hunger games wrapped up right and you had the maze runner movies came to an end you had divergent movies or whatever they yeah. are you know i nat naturally the the next thing studios look at especially if these films are popular or or they make a lot of money they they think to themselves how can we revisit this universe and people are like oh well let's just reboot it so they did they chose not to go that direction with harry potter and i really appreciated that and they also took a chance like star wars you know how we're always talking like they should just go to another timeline tell another story in that universe in the harry potter world they did go to another timeline though the characters are still like there's bloodlines that feed into the harry potter movies with newt scamander his grandson marries you know luna lovegood and uh, you know, there's all this other stuff that's tied into uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Anyways, they kind of did go to a timeline, a new timeline that showed what the wizarding world was like in the in the 20s. So let me just ask you, what did you think of these these movies? Like, were you in a hurry to go? Did you want to go back to the wizarding world? And was this the the scope that you had imagined? 
Well, I'm not huge. I've seen the Harry Potter films, but I'm not big into them like the rest of my family. Uh, so the Fantastic Beast was actually a nice change of pace for me as far as that, what I really got into. The first one I thought was good. And then just got some declining returns after that. The second one with uh, obviously the start of the pushback from Johnny Depp and all that, that was a disappointment. I thought the third one wasn't bad, uh, but uh, that one was unfortunately a miserable failure. And I think Warner Brothers has ceased to stop doing Fantastic Beasts films after that failure of the third one. They've now transitioned into an upcoming Harry Potter TV series for Max and all that. That's what they're focusing on now. That's the future, whether or not it's going to include an all new cast or have the old cast. We're going to wait and see what happens on, on there. But I still think Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I've always told you that it'd just be cool to see Harry Potter getting out of the minivan after soccer practice and going ahead and saving the universe. That right. would still be the best thing ever. But I just think for me, the Fantastic Beast was something I got more into, despite the second one being so terrible. I think it was something that I was more interested in than the Harry Potter series itself. But we'll talk about the Harry Potter series because I have seen it. But again, it was I think it was still ultimately misguided by Warner Brothers because I don't regards when did these movies come out came out you know as far as the third one second one came out during the the events of coronavirus so obviously they weren't going to get the kind of love i think that you really wanted them to give but also as well i just think people want harry potter they don't want stuff around harry potter they only have so much tolerance and time and support for stuff around harry potter around the fringes or prequels or what have you they want Harry Potter. So if Harry Potter TV series has uh, the original Harry Potter or something in that realm, they're probably going to support it a lot more than what they did for the Fantastic Beasts. Had all that stuff not happened, do you think that it would have done better in theaters or do you think that the story itself just wasn't holding up very well? Uh, I think it's a, they would have done a little bit better, but I don't think it would have done uh, to the level that Warner Brothers would have been happy with, simply because I think, like you said, the story, the characters were not as endearing. It just, the people did not, the audiences did not gravitate. After that second one floundered, the, the audiences have just not gravitated to the characters within the confines of that space. It, they're just not as appealing. They're just not as memorable. They're just not as uh, fun and engaging as what people have seen over the years. I don't see anybody with a Newt Scamander doll or Newt, you know, Newt Scamander. And, you know, you don't go to Universal Studios and find Fantastic Beast stuff. You go to Universal Studios and you find Harry Potter World. Universal Studios has just talked about a new, huge, expansive theme park that's going to come to Florida in 2025. Right. Yeah, I don't awesome, hear a, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I don't hear a Fantastic Beasts world. I hear a Harry Potter world. And that's the world they're buying into. Yeah, and I think a, a big issue with the character of Newt Scamander is the fact that it, with Harry Potter, the, the kids like grew up with Harry Potter, right? They whether they grew up with uh, you know moving alongside the movies, you know, watching the characters grow, or with the books, like reading about these characters and growing up with them. They these kids like grew up with them, and they're they're able to relate to them, right? Because they're they're kids, you know, and they go through the different stages, and even adults are able to look back, like, oh yeah, I remember being that young. Uh, with Secrets of Dumbledore, there's not really a lot of relatability to the characters. And I think that that was a huge, um, you know, that was one of the the bigger issues with that. But uh, do you, 
I do the uh the the theme park does look amazing. Um I don't know they have that like cool little portal supposed to look like the the flu network in Harry Potter. It's all green, it spins. I don't know that sounds it's pretty rad to me. But um okay, so let me Obviously, you know, there were five of these movies were announced and they only made three of them. Uh do you think at some point they might revisit this even just cramming the rest of the story into a fourth film just to to get it over because i mean it does it looks kind of bad if you have you know one of your biggest franchises uh well you know the harry potter franchise wizarding world franchise i guess if you have one of your biggest franchises not be complete like do you do you think that they should revisit it i don't know if i think they should close it out but i think they'll probably do so within the confines of the harry potter tv series and there you go because it's they're different stories though they're different units well, i guess different flashbacks yeah. you can do flashbacks my friend you can do sidebar yeah. episodes yeah i know i know but i mean if you're going to move forward with the cursed child movies i think you should finish this fantastic beast secrets of dumbledore uh not dumbledore sorry fantastic beast the last one more fantastic beast film wrap it up show us that fight end that whole thing and it, you know, then do Curse Child and put a put a cap on the Harry Harry Potter the movies, right? As as they were, as you move into this new realm of Harry Potter stuff with the television show. Well, we'll see, my friend. Just a great discussion, and uh, I kind of like this segment that you started off with with facing a franchise. So, great work, my friend. Great idea, and I look forward to more conversations each and every week on facing the franchise. Well done. Yes, yes. Next next time we're gonna take a look at uh Sorcerer's Stone and uh the early Sorcerer's Stone, yeah, Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban. Those those are our next three films. Yes, we'll say definitely if you have any thoughts on facing franchises and franchises that you want us to cover, please let us know. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode as always. We faced the franchise for the first time. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Again, I hope that we have some, uh, I don't know, things to talk about with the Deadpool film after the Super Bowl comes out next week. Well, you and I, again, have a date right after the big game to talk about the best, as always. I love it. It's one of our favorite shows of the year. The best ads and the best trailers from the Super Bowl. And we'll cover that on next week's pop culture cosmos indeed but josh i have one last thing i want to tell you before we head on out you know what else is coming up this week what uh right behind me halo season two. Oh, that's right that's right i gotta re-up my showtime subscription yeah yeah i'm so excited great yeah 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 waiter <laughs> let's see if they can go ahead and destroy the ip even more this time around I know, I know. Uh, was it uh, live not live Shreve? What's the Pablo Shreve, right? That's the guy's yes. name. He had said that your the story the story is about the Master Chief and John One One Seven, but the the game's not not so much, right? You were kind of just getting the world of the Master Chief. The lore is cool, but uh, I don't think anyone's like, oh man, I wonder what the Chief's world is like when he has his helmet off. <laughs> helmet on, series helmet off. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but just, my God. Season one was one of the worst TV series I've seen in quite some time. 
Will we see more cable car asteroids and uh, other things in the realm of Halo that we didn't want? We'll see. Season 2, new showrunner. Could it be a new series to look into? Season 2 debuts this week on Showtime and Paramount+. Plus. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Classford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.